0: Good morning, Mount Helena Community Church. How are you? Great. It's great to have you here, and welcome to those of you uh, new at Mount Helena or visiting us online. We are glad to have you as well. Isn't it great to get up and breathe fresh, smoke-free air and to see the mountains again? Oh, my word. What, uh, what a breath of fresh air to take in this morning, and when I woke up, I just wanted to get out on the deck first, right? Usually, I'm the kind of guy that wants to get to the cereal first thing when I wake up in the morning, but this morning, I just want to get outside and breathe some clean air. It's, uh, it's also great to be at church. I love church, and I love being here, and uh, I'm glad to have you here today. How many of you know and would agree with me, church is not a building, if you've been here at Mount Helena for any for much time at all, that is something that we value here. Church is not a building. It's not a place you go, right? The church is not a place you go. It's about who you know. It's about us knowing Jesus Christ, and it's about us growing in our relationship and growing in relationship with one another and with those who know Christ and those who want to know Christ more. Because church is a spiritual family. God designed the church. He created the church. He birthed the church and said, On this rock, I'm going to build my church, not as a place, not as a building, not as something that we would go to. He didn't preach in one spot. He moved around and shared the gospel and revealed the gospel because it was about knowing, not going. Church is a spiritual family, and I love being with family. I love being with this spiritual family. Not everybody enjoys being with family. Some people don't, actually don't enjoy family. I remember my dad as a little kid, I'd scratch my head at this saying, he would say, uh, being with family more than three days is like being with stinky fish. I'd be like, Dad, what, what do you mean by that? As I got older, I'm like, oh, I, I know what you mean. I don't know if I like that, but I love being with family. I love being with my family, and I love being with you. I love being with my spiritual family. We all need connection. We all need relationship, and we need to be connected, and especially in these days. These days are not unique. I will be frank with you. It was tough those six weeks this last spring. I I don't know about for you, but it was tough for me. I love hearing all the conversations and the commotion out in the lobby. I love hearing the stir. I love before service and the countdown's happening and the worship team's getting ready. And I I, I love just taking a moment like I did this morning and just listening to you all and hearing what's happening. It's not just this. It's not just the message. It's all of you. And I missed that during that time. We still had message and we did our best with some worship at that time, and our leaders did great, but I missed this. Some churches haven't been meeting this entire time. 26 weeks now, and they haven't been able to do what we've been doing for weeks. In 2020, at the beginning of 2020, we started in a series about the Word of God, and J.R. started us in that series, and he introduced... It And he shared then about the Canon of the Old Testament, and uh, shared thoughts and points of the Old Testament, and then uh, I shared about the initial effects of god 's Word and the importance of it being in our life, and just even at the beginning, how it can have an effect upon us, but then long term its effect upon our life and Then we looked at the New Testament and how it was formed, the formation of the New Testament and We looked at the authority of God's word and the healing effect of God's word on our life. We then looked at interpretation and the sufficiency of God's word and the purifying effect of God's word but then revelation. And during those six weeks of meeting we got to hear from Steve Oliver and we got to hear from Clem Ferris about the prophetic word of God. The revelatory work of God. And then Again, Jr. shared with us about the truth of Jesus being the word of God and his effect and his impact upon our life, and that brought us all the way to the end of April. And still since then, we have not steered that far away from that topic. It's been a topic for us here at Mount Helena Community Church for this time and for 2020. And during those six weeks this spring that I spoke of and I missed all of us gathering together and being together and couldn't, add, couldn't imagine adding 20 more weeks to that and what that would be like. Some churches are meeting today for the first time since the middle of March. I can't imagine what that would be like. I'm grateful that we, that we have experienced God's grace and connection and family and relationship like we have over these last 20 weeks, but even during those six weeks, we learned a few things. We learned that connection with others had become different. It was different than ever before, and it was probably more important than ever before during those six weeks. We also learned that we really need each other. We learned the importance of technology, didn't we? We learned that we could do more than we ever imagined with technology. Some of you had used Zoom before, and none of us had pictured using Zoom for six weeks to do church. Maybe in the Philippines or other countries or other places in the world, but in Helena, Montana, we would need to do that. Wow. And just as important, we learned that technology cannot replace being together, didn't we? There was still something good about being able to meet together and see those lessons of about children's church and hear from speakers and see Steve as the sun is setting in South Africa and him preaching at the top of a mountain with the phone set on top of or the tablet set on top of his truck or his vehicle and yet and we we're grateful for the, what technology could bring us in that time and yet it could not replace being in person. And gathering together and connecting with one another. We need each other. I think that 2020 is still supposed to be affirming that to us. I think sometimes we forget it. Sometimes in this season and the polarity and the extremism and the absolute of commu- of people's communication of their pers- position or their perspective I think at times we really forget how much we need each other. I want to tell you that I'm proud of you, Mount Hona. I'm proud of you and how we've gotten through this season. I'm proud of you in your generosity. You've been generous to this church and to this body. You've been generous to one another and you've looked out for each other. I'm proud of you in your heart I'm proud of you who've listened. I'm proud of you in your connection through all of this. How you've had to dig in, hold on, reach deeper, and stay connected through this season. Unfortunately, as JR shared and pointed out and referred to it last week, we are still in the messy middle though, aren't we? We're still in the messy middle. We still have quite a bit in front of us. Thankfully, we've been able to meet together, and I really hope and pray that we get to continue meeting together and stay together. But I also want to pose to you, we may still have to keep reaching deeper. Masks may not change for a while. Services may not be canceled like they were for those six weeks, but we may still have to reach deeper. We still may have something asked of us that we can't perceive yet, that we haven't thought of yet. The season, I think we've all come to agree, isn't going away real soon. We're still in quite a challenging time, though it's not as challenging as it was before, or to some of you, it's more challenging than it was during those six weeks. I want to, to tell you and remind you that the elders and the staff here at Mount Helena Community Church and our leaders are doing a lot during this time. We're doing a lot to listen to you. We're doing quite a bit every week to review directives, to hear the conversations, to listen to our government leaders. We're doing quite a bit to consider the recommendations and what does that mean for us. We're continually having conversation. What does it look like to prefer others? To create accommodations. We're tracking other organizations and looking at what they're doing and how they're implementing what's asked of them. And even though it may not be totally pertinent to us right now, it may be something that we need to be keeping track of and keep in mind and learn from. We're doing all that we can to gather wise counsel, among many other things, in order to make decisions for the whole of this group. What's wise? What's feasible? What's reasonable? What's safe? How can we prefer others? And we really want to keep the lines of communication open during this time. Again, let me speak frankly with you. I realize many of you have very differing perspectives about this season right now. Many of you have very differing perspectives on what our community should be doing, what our government leaders should be doing, what your church leaders should be doing, and how they should handle this season or these situations or these recommendations. Some of you think a thought like, what's the matter with everybody else? Why don't we just carry on like we used to? And yet, others of you see what you would call the regular inconsideration of others and you don't plan on returning to gather, clear out possibly until 2022. We've heard from many of you and we want to choose And to continue to choose to respect you and your position and what you feel is right for you in this time. We want to continue to listen and to honor you and to respect you in this. There are varying different perspectives right now, even amongst us. And I can say in my 20 plus years here at Mount Helena Community Church, I can't recall a season at all over anything, like this. Where even in my church, in my spiritual family, there's such a differing view of perspectives and what people think should be done. I can't recall any other thing like this. And yet, people, when they communicate their positions, are so absolute and so certain in their communication, even if they aren't entirely in their heart, even if entirely it was their responsibility to make a decision, the communication comes off so absolute, this is what should be done. I want you to know a few other things. At Mount Helena, we're going to keep seeking out wise counsel. In a multitude of counselors, there's what? Safety, right? In a multitude of counselors, Proverbs 15, says there's safety. We're going to keep seeking out wise counsel. We're going to keep praying as your leaders like crazy. We didn't have a prayer night here to gather those of you who would be willing and who were available because... We want to pray one night together. We want to give you the opportunity to pray with us because we're praying. And we're going to keep praying and we're going to keep making decisions that we see best fit for the whole of us. And it may continue to ask more of you, more of your patience, more of your understanding, more of your inconvenience at times. There may be more opportunity for you to have a for you to have a differing or a different opinion about the choice that we make, but we are trying to do it in every effort to respect you and those around you. We may not be able to do that 100% of the time, but it's our intention. It's what we're trying to do. We've resolved in this season, it's just not gonna look the same for everyone. It's not going to look the same. We're not trying to get all of us to see it the same way. We want to keep creating sound options for people with different perspectives and then still leave it up to you to decide what the safest, what the wisest, what the most practical or the best fit is for you. But I want to appeal to you that I'm absolutely convinced in this season still in 2020, now midway in September, almost to the end of September, God still wants Mount Helena Community Church, you here at Mount Helena Community Church, he wants us to continue growing, becoming better and stronger together. I'm convinced God still wants us to become better and stronger, and he still wants us to do it together. Those are three things, better and stronger and together. I know, and I'm convinced, and I know you are, the enemy wants to divide us. He wants to separate us. He wants to isolate us. He wants to create opinions and fractions. He wants to infuriate us. And if that's on a position or a certain issue or a certain guideline or a certain recommendation, All the happier. To infuriate us and to divide us. To minimize us. Even if not for long term. For a season he would satisfy. We know by scripture. He wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to pick us apart. In any effective manner. Temporary or permanent. And we know. That's not God's intention for us, is it? He hasn't given us relationship with one another. He hasn't given us experiences. He hasn't given us his word that's meant to unify us and to bring us together. He's not sitting up in heaven praying prayers that are complacent enough to think, well, they're going to be divided anyway. That may be a thought that some of us have of the church sometimes. But I can remind you, it's not Jesus' thought. It's not his attitude. It's not his perspective. It's not something he's willing to settle for. It's not something that he's not contending for. He's contending to bring us tighter and tighter together. To make us better and to make us stronger together. He's looking, believing in us to resist the temptations. To resist the the infuriation and the anger and the misunderstandings and the lack of consideration or patience for one another and he's looking past it and he knows we can do better and we can reach a strength that we haven't reached yet and we can reach a togetherness that we haven't reached yet. How are we going to get better and stronger together? I want to encourage you with two things right now. Two challenges, if you will, and I know it's been said in other ways, but I'm still putting it before you. Number one, I want to encourage you to continue to be humble and kind. We need to continue to be reminded. I'm reminding myself, so I'm reminding you. (laughs) We need to continue to choose and to practice in being humble and kind. I still think, they're the very best way to stick out in a crowd right now is to be humble. If you want to stick out, if you want to have a light worth being recognized, if you want to be a light for Christ, I'm convinced he would carry himself in a manner of great humility in this season that we're in. It's really easy to be critical and judgmental right now. There's experts everywhere and anywhere on everything right now. But there's not enough who are humble and kind right now. Would you agree with me? There's not enough who are approaching this season and the topics and the discussion with enough humility or kindness. My friend... The other thing I want to encourage you, number two, is to give honor and to pray. Give honor. Honorable people give honor. Honor is not something, hear me on this, honor is not something that you earn. Honor is something that you give. Some of the most honorable people we know of I would challenge you, are not people who earned it before they gave it. Honors or a lack of honor in your life does not reflect on the lack of leaders in your life, it reflects upon you and your value of honor. Honor is created and it's given more than it's earned. It reflects on the lack of honor you've not given to others around you. And we're in a season it would do us really well to continue to give honor like nobody else. That takes a spirit of humility, that takes an attitude of humility to be able to do. But then to pray, to seek, to knock, to exercise prayer, to open up prayer, Right now, in these days, we need to be praying and keep praying. When things don't change, they don't change fast enough, we need to keep praying. We need to be careful not to be talking about prayer as much as we're praying. Just pray. And then, just pray. And then? And then just pray. And just pray. But I want to say to keep praying, it also takes a certain degree of humility, doesn't it? It takes a certain amount of kindness and prayer and continuing to pray. And pray is exercising humility and kindness towards others. Number three is fight for unity. My friend, my friend Pastor Kendrick Venar, who's Clem Ferris's pastor in North Carolina, once told me that two humble people will always get along. Think about that for a moment. Two humble people will always get along. It's not saying two humble people will not have a disagreement. They won't have a rub. They won't have friction. They won't have impasses, but two humble people will always get along. That saying has been so helpful to me. I share it with you, hoping it'll be helpful to you. It's been helpful in my marriage. I, Rebecca's always humble. That's not the problem. That's not the question. I don't remind her of that phrase. I remind myself Am I humble right now? Do I really believe two humble people will always get along? I'm the rub i got to get humble. It's been helpful in my parenting. Times when I'm definitely not humble. (laughs) And I need to humble myself. I need to show my daughters and my son humility and kindness because I'm fighting for a healthy relationship with them. I don't want the kind of damaged relationships that are out there to be mine with my son and my daughter. And I need to be humble. It's helpful to me in my relationships. It's helpful to me in leadership. It's helpful to me out in the community, coaching and interacting with other people. We're always, as long as we're in relationship, as long as we have connectivity to others, as long as we're not isolated, we're going to have friction, we're going to have rubs. But two humble people will always get along. Right now, I can say that I think we at Mount Helena Community Church can still do more to be better and stronger together. But it's going to take continuing to value unity, and it's going to take a great deal of humility, even more than's probably been asked of us yet. But we can, and I know God's behind us in becoming better and stronger together. I want to share some thoughts with you about how we intend to do that this fall and in a Sunday series that we'll be doing here beginning in October and how that integrates and ties in with our small groups this fall. But before I do, I've been asking a question, how are we doing And we've been asking as a staff, how are we doing as a church? And leaders, we've been asking, how are we doing? As elders, we've been asking, how are we doing? How is the church doing? How are we doing spiritually? Not just, are we managing the season? Are we staying together? How's our attendance? No, how are we doing spiritually? What do people need? What's God saying to us? What should we do next? What should we be doing now? I want to give you two thoughts this morning. Two thoughts I believe God wants for us to be better and stronger together. I'm still leaving that up to you. I'm posing it, but you're going to know what's best for you. But I feel convinced where I'm at. The first one, I'm going to encourage you to join a group. This fall, We're going to do something together as a church, as a church-wide experience, and I want to encourage you to join a group. We need spiritual family. We need connectedness in a season where disconnectedness is not just prescribed, but it's so easy to fall into. Even with the challenges and the recommendations, the things that we need to do, as a society, the temptation to become more and more disconnected is larger than it's ever been. This spring, we were told we're going to flatten the curve over a couple of weeks. And those couple of weeks turned into a couple more weeks, didn't they? And then a couple of more weeks, and we're still in a social distancing extended period. Who knows how long season? Some of you have thought, I will get back to such and such, something that you used to do after the season's gone. Once the season's gone, I will, if you will, go back in time and continue doing what I used to do, but no. That's not what we need to do. We need to still figure out how to stay connected. How to stay connected as a spiritual family for spiritual growth. You and I need connection to grow, and the season doesn't stop that. This season doesn't stop, should not stop our spiritual growth with God and with one another. It's my desire, but it's my desire, <laughs> that every one of you would join a group, that you'd be a part of a group. Beginning October 11th, we'll be kicking off a six-week, six weeks of small groups together to finish before the week of Thanksgiving. That Sunday, October 11th, we'll begin preaching through a series together together which coincides with the small groups. My wife and I are going to be hosting a small group. Other leaders here at Mount Helena are going to host a small group, and we're asking others of you to be willing to host a small group. Some of those small groups will likely happen online and be a group that meets on Zoom. Some of those small groups will be able to meet here at the facility, throughout the week. And some groups can be hosted in homes. Some groups may have masks and some groups may not. So we're interested and we want to help fit your preferences into a group. We're doing it so we can grow spiritually. And a group, being in a group, is going to help with that. Number two is that you would commit to growing spiritually in this season. That you would not be complacent with what some of you have described as even a plateau for yourself. Well, I haven't lost ground, but I'm not growing. I'm not doing horrible, but I'm not growing. Some of you would say you're not doing great, but you are struggling. Some of you would say, though, I've really been isolated. Some of you would say I'm running on empty or lost in all of this. Some of you might be thinking, if you're looking at it, a point of view such as how have I been doing, I don't know that I have changed or grown that much in this season. What if you were to decide that's going to change? The season might not change. The mask mandate might not change. The elders at the church might not do what I think they should do. But what if you just really determined in your relationship with God, I'm going to grow spiritually in this. Some of you have made that decision already. Some of you haven't left the foot off, taken the foot off the pedal, and you're still doing that. But what if all of us together decided to do that? Together, to grow spiritually. We want you to grow spiritually in this season. And so in October, we're going to be doing uh, a series by Rick Warren called 40 Days in the Word. And we're going to take six weeks or 40 days. And as I said, the messages will be happening on Sunday and they're not going to be a duplication of what is going to be in the small group. We're not going to be doing two versions. Take your pick. Go to small group or come on Sunday. That's not what we're doing. They will be different and they will be complementary. But the effort on Sunday mornings and the effort in small groups, we're not asking you to sign up to do small groups. For the next year, we're asking you could we do six weeks together to grow together spiritually and to deepen our knowledge and our experience in God's word together in a small group? Additionally, with the small group, which it'll be a video-based small group each week, there'll be about a 25 to 30-minute video shown. There's a workbook, and you probably saw the workbooks out in the uh, lobby this morning when you came in and we're just charging $5 for it. If you have a problem with the $5, you take a book. I want a book in your hands, especially if you're willing to be a part of a small group online, in a home, or even here during the week at the facility. And that small small group workbook is going to lead you through 40 days of devotions, 40 days of being in the Word. That's why it's called that, right? Not just a catchy title, but we'd actually be in the word together each day. But then there's room. If you so choose and you want to, you can answer some questions. There's some reflection questions, and there's opportunity to do some journaling and some writing, reflecting, and and some of the thoughts that you have from some of those scriptures you can put down on a page. But in small group, you can also share thoughts with one another, and there'll be discussion questions, and someone will be hosting or facilitating that group. And you can keep track of some of that. This workbook will help lead you through that. I am excited about it. It's not complicated. It's not heady. It's not to test and find out how much you know about God's word, or have you ever read through all of it, much less kept track of it? How many wickets and widgets were in the temple? None, right? It's not that kind of thing. It's about a relationship, it's about knowing God more. I think some of the beauty of even the online and hosting an online group on Zoom, which may seem foreign to some of us, is you can actually include people that you may know that you believe could benefit from this. And it doesn't really matter where they live. Maybe it's a former college roommate who's, who you've been in contact during this season that lives clear across the country. You could include them, they could get the book online. They could join your small group, maybe it's a cousin who lives in another town in the state of Montana. You can include them maybe it's a coworker or a coworker you used to work with that has shared with you they 're just struggling, or it's someone who's shared with you. they would like to know more and they 'd like to get into god 's Word, but they just they have a hard time understanding when they read god 's Word. It does make it easy to invite someone, however. Our small groups are definitely not, in this season, going to be something that's an in-and-out situation. In a sense, it will be a social group for six weeks that you will be with. And it's not going to be about people coming in and out and choosing to come or not to come or to try it out. Be careful in who you invite to really include them and help them find a place of belonging and a place of understanding and a place to experience God's word together. So it will take time for you to watch online or be here to be a part of the service, and it'll take some time, hour and a half each week, maybe hour to hour and a half, depending on your group, to discuss and to be in small group together, and it'll take some time each day opening up and being in God's word, but the benefits could be huge in this season. Could be huge. You could really benefit from being in God's word with other people. What am I asking of you? I'm asking you to make a decision. One, to get into a group. Would you make a decision over the next couple of weeks about whether or not you could join a group and be a part of a group to be in God's word for 40 days and two would you make a decision to commit to con- to growing spiritually in this season it does in my opinion take a bit of a decision making a decision that i'm going to grow you don't get healthier by just wanting to be healthier right You don't lose weight by just wanting to lose weight. The thought's not enough. The desire's not enough. It's making a decision and going, this is going to take some time, but the benefits are going to be worth it. And I want to do this together with others. What do you need to know? You need to know this, that you're wanted and you're invited to join a small group. Potentially for me, and given the situation and the season that we're in, this could possibly be, it might be, the best season of small groups we've ever had at Mount Helena. I'm not out for just that. I'm out for, I would like some people to be able to get into God's word together and experience God and experience his word like they haven't before with others to get better and stronger together here at Mount Helena. These people Right here. If we can include other people, and there's other people that want to be interested, great. But what if all of us just grew together spiritually in this season? That would be great. You also need to know that you can sign up in the lobby or online. You can go to MountHelena.org to the Connect and Small Groups and click Join a Group. And on that Join a Group button, or on the card at the sign-up stations, it'll be up the next several weeks in the lobby. You can on one side sign up to be a host or on the other side you can sign up to be a participant in a group. Online at the bottom, the last question you'll be asked is would you like to host a group? Would you like to participate in a group? We're asking you to sign up before October 4th as that will help us sort out the groups and the sizes. With that, I also want to say it's okay for you to help me to help us out by even forming groups and saying, we really want to do this group together. This is our social group and we want to do this together. Please, by all means, do. But I really want you to, we want you to keep the size down to 10 or less, okay? We do not want to be going above 10. So please help us in that, help honor us in our desire to keep those groups small. It's possible to have a group here, at the Gateway Center, any time during the week that would work for you. However, Wednesday nights are very out because it's reserved for youth group. And Thursday nights are slightly inconvenient in the sense that there's a worship team here getting ready for Sunday morning. If that works for you, that's okay. But Wednesday nights, uh, the facility is very used for youth group. So again, you can sign up to be a leader or to participate in that group and those groups will be just start starting October 11th. The groups, the workbooks are five bucks and available at the Welcome Center, or you can order one online. And uh, lastly, with that, I would seriously like you to consider being a host and helping host others in this season and lead others. It's not going to be asking a lot of you, as Rick Warren will be carrying that weight and uh, and forming questions for you to facilitate. And to lead, but it's really about bringing people together and giving them opportunity to come together in a way that works safely for you as well. I'm going to move on from that, and I'm going to ask you to turn to 2 Timothy, if you would. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says this. I just want to cover two scriptures as we close. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. For rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When you look at that, there's a lot of other words that you would pay attention to besides the, those two transition words, so that. But I highlighted those for you for you and I to help see the purpose of God's word. The purpose of God's word is not for teaching. The ultimate purpose of God's word is not for rebuking or for correcting, though some people, that's their only perception of God's word. It's not for training. It's so that what? You and I would be thoroughly equipped. Teaching is for that. Rebuking and correcting and training is for that purpose so that we will be fully equipped is to change our lives. I said earlier that the church is not a building, it's a spiritual family. God's word is, needs to and is important for the family to grow and to be together. Hebrews 4.12 says this, it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest I want to say of all two-edged swords. It cuts between soul and spirit. Soul is our will and our emotions and our thoughts. And they're what really lead us. We're all followers, really. We follow our thoughts, what we're thinking, and what we are feeling, our emotions, And we follow and ultimately decide what we want and we just go that way. And that describes our soul. And God's word moves beyond that. It says it gets in between soul, it gets in between that and our spirit, which is where we hear God. And we hear God's word and it's meant to interrupt those things, to interrupt our thoughts and interrupt our desires and our wants. And it's meant to interrupt our feelings and get us back on course with God's feelings for us. And God's thoughts for us, God's wants and desires for us. But we have to be able to hear his spirit in our spirit. And the ultimate purpose of God's word is to change us, to challenge us, to grow us, to be more and more like him. And for us to experience that process together could really be a great thing. junior I'm going to ask you to come on up and to close us. And I appreciate it. Thanks, Jr. Let me share. Hey, you bet. You bet. Thanks, Jason. Would you give Jason a hand? That was uh, that was outstanding, Jason. I, I didn't know exactly what he'd be sharing today, but very thought-provoking message this morning. And I hope you take it to heart and consider the things that he's had to say. And because I think it's really important to 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 do that. Uh, that's going to be the conclusion of our service today. But if you're if you're kind of like I'm feeling right now, a little bit maybe convicted about some things, or would like some prayer, or anything like that, we do have our prayer team up here on the left, my left, that would be happy to pray with you. Appreciate you coming today. Appreciate you considering what Jason is talking about, both uh, biblically, socially, but also just in joining groups and getting involved there. Appreciate your consideration with that. You guys have a great week. God bless you guys.